Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and this is your Arkansas versus Texas A&M primer. So today on the show, we're going to break down this Arkansas versus Texas A&M game. Of course, we're going to take a deeper look at what's wrong with Arkansas football. Danny West is also going to join us uh, to answer some of your recruiting questions and dive in a little bit on this matchup. So I want to go ahead and encourage everybody to start getting your questions in. I don't think we'll have quite as much traffic as we had on Monday following the uh, loss to San Jose State. So should be good on not rolling off a bunch of questions on the on the page. I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Facebook Live, always streaming live on Facebook Live, hence the name Hog Sports Live. Always upload the video to YouTube. Go ahead and throw us a thumbs up or a like. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell on YouTube so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. Also available on Apple Podcasts, number one rated Razorback show on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to throw us a review on there in five stars. Uh, also available on Spotify and Stitcher. Hogsports.com, also just $1 for your first month if you want to go check out what's going on at Hogsports.com. $1 for your first month, and then if you like it, regular price after that. I think it's $9.95 a month. Uh, And then also 30% off if you choose to go with the annual subscription with a seven-day free trial. So a lot of ways to get access on Hogsports.com. Also, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. If you're a more casual fan, you want things that come out of press conferences, you want some breaking news, we will deliver all of that straight to your email inbox every morning along with breaking news when that happens you just go to hogsports.com h-a-w-g sports.com go to the middle of the page and enter your email address and hit enter or sign up or send and then and that's pretty much it you just have to hit the activation email uh, and then you can stop that anytime you want but we think you'll like getting a lot of razorback coverage for free in your email inbox okay now that that's out of the way let's go over a few things from you know just the injury standpoint their last open practice for us was on Wednesday, so and that's the last opportunity we had to talk to head coach Chad Morris. Right now, players who returned, Colton Jackson was back out there. He's been in concussion protocol. Bumper Pool was back out there. Although he was, both of those guys were limited. They didn't go out in the team period. Now, they probably did stuff after, but they look like they've been a little bit limited. The players that were in green who were limited were Traylon Burks, who's also coming off concussion protocol, uh, and Jordan Jones out there actually for the first time coming back from a high ankle sprain, which he had surgery on. But they do expect to get Traylon Burks back out there for Saturday. He's expected to be out there. Now, Trey Knox was not out there. Uh, he's been dealing with a hip injury since the Ole Miss game, took two bad shots in the hip. Uh, so he wasn't out there. Of course, Dalton Hyatt still hasn't been out there. Chase Hayden in concussion protocol. Devion Warren concussion protocol. You're not going to see either of those guys. Zach Williams still with the knee issue. Uh, he'll, he's going to miss some more time. And then, of course, Deion Stewart's out for the season with an ACL. Noah Gatlin's out for a season with an ACL. And Dorian Gerald is also uh, out for the season with a strained artery in his neck. So that's pretty much where things are on the injury front. I will say – one of my takes from this game, Arkansas needs to take this San Jose State game with them. You keep hearing, you know, put the game behind you, move on to the next game. But that's that's true in some sense. But you've got to take the lessons that you learned from San Jose State because this is what happens 
when the leadership doesn't lead. It's what happens when you think you strap on the winning jersey before the game starts and you don't approach the game the right way. Remember all of these things. You know, I know this is not war. This is college football. But the battle cry for the Alamo was remember the Alamo. It wasn't put the Alamo behind you. I hear a lot of that talk about putting stuff behind you, but man, you need to you need to carry this with you. The Texas A&M game, you need to carry the losses with you. You need to take that into this game. Nick Starkle losing a job at quarterback, a job that he felt that he had won against Kellen Mond, that needs to be on his shoulder in this one. You know, he needs to carry that with him. And we just hear so much about prepare for all games the same. No, that's you got to take the emotion factor into it. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Houston Nutt lately. He had that great podcast with Bo. And the thing about Nutt is he always used that emotion. He always used, like the Tennessee game the next year. That was a big influence going forward into the next game. you got to use that emotion. You can't just treat it like a robot game after game. It's just the next game. We're just going to move forward. No. No, you got to take it with you. There's too much. There's too many reasons. And and really the only advantage that Arkansas has in this game is their connections. Chad Morris being an alumnus, you know, he was up for the Texas A&M job. John Chavis having coached there. Ron Cooper coaching there in 2017. But Chavis was there for, what, three years. Nick Starkle losing out the quarterback job there, being, you know, at Texas A&M for three and a half years. Uh, Rakeem Boyd. Uh, initially a rolling there and then having to leave due to academics or rolling in junior college. Those are all factors for Arkansas to come in and compete in this game. And all that stuff needs to come with you. All the losses that you've had over the last seven years, you've had four games where you've lost by a touchdown. And three of those have been overtime. Here's the last – who's the last uh, seven games here? It all started with a 58-10 loss in College Station. Before that, before all this, Arkansas was – 41-24-3 against Texas A&M all-time. 41-24-3 before they entered the SEC. And it all started with their worst loss to Texas A&M ever, 58-10, and that started the seven-game streak. Um, and by the way, Texas A&M being in the SEC has not been a good thing for Arkansas. It just hasn't. First of all, they lost seven games in a row head-to-head. That's, that's a big thing. Uh, the SEC took the LSU game away. They used to play – Arkansas played te- uh, LSU every Friday after Thanksgiving on CBS at 1.30, and they took that away and replaced Arkansas with guess who? Texas A&M. Now Arkansas plays Missouri, but it still doesn't have the same – the same punch as that LSU game did. Arkansas's recruiting in Texas had been atrocious. That was supposed to help expand things out in Texas. It did not do that. And a large part of that was just Brett Bielema not doing a very good job in Texas. I mean, you can't – Chad Morris took over a roster with 10 scholarship players in Texas. You look at Oklahoma State's roster entirely at 56 at the same time from Texas. That tells a lot. All right, so just going back over these last seven years – you had the 58-10 loss. Then they came up to Fayetteville and, lost, and Arkansas lost 45-33. Again, both of those are Johnny Manziel years. Texas A&M was very tough to beat. So then the next year in Arlington, 2014, Arkansas loses 35-28 in overtime, I believe. Uh, and then 2015, they lost 28-21. I believe that was also overtime, yeah. And then in 2016, this was the worst defeat after, you know, during this little six, five-game stretch here of seven-point games. So they lost 45-24, but if you remember in that one, Arkansas was in control of the game. They were going down there to score, 
And really, it was a it was the drive you want. I mean, it took forever. They milked the clock down. It was just a great drive. They get all the way down there, and the offensive line can't get good, a good enough push to punch it in the end zone. And the next thing you know, Texas A&M comes back the other way, hits a huge pass play, and suddenly it's 45-24. But that was a tight game for a long time. But Arkansas's offensive line couldn't get it done at the goal line in that one. And, um, you know, that was really the start of kind of the downfall for Brett Bielema that year. 50 to 50 to 43 in 2017 overtime 50 to 43 and then last year was 24-17 and a game that Arkansas schemed up pretty well against them. I mean, if you look at the stats from last year in this game, Texas A&M was, let's see what were their total stats. They had 176 rushing yards and two turnovers and 201 passing yards. So it wasn't like dramatic statistics for Texas A&M. And Texas A&M was definitely considered the much better team at that point. They were, well, they were just two and two heading into it. But Kellen Mom was 17 of 26 for 201 yards. Um, you know, didn't have a huge rushing game. What did he have rushing? 11 carries for 14 yards, you know, as a, as a true dual threat type of guy. Um, so – that's kind of how last season went. So this is kind of a game where you throw out the records, I guess. But Texas A&M definitely should win this game. There's no question. But Arkansas has some advantages. And, you know, obviously you hope that they were just totally unfocused. As, as bad as that sounds, that's what you hope, that they were just so unfocused for that game that they're looking ahead to Texas A&M um, and, uh, and just kind of thought that they could go through the motions last week. As bad as that sounds, you know. But looking back, that's, that's kind of what you hope. You kind of hope – you just hope that they have a better team than they had. Uh, Arkansas's offensive line is going to struggle against Texas A&M's defensive front, regardless of what happens. So, they've got to figure out how to do certain things uh, to mitigate that. All right. So, just looking at uh, – we mentioned Kellen Mond for them. That's going to be an interesting battle, Kellen Mond versus Nick Starkle. I mean, that's going to be – that's going to be an incredible battle, really. I mean, when you think about the history of that. Nick Starkle, I, I think that they may have picked the wrong quarterback. I haven't been dramatically impressed with Mon now. Those words may come back to bite me, but he just seems a little mechanical to me at times. Um, you know, he's a good runner, obviously. That's probably the reason that they picked him over Nick Starkle, but he just seems a little mechanical to me at times. And, um, you know, that's – again, he's, what, 3-0 and against Arkansas, so I guess you'll take it. Um Texas A&M's 318 pounds average across the front, a 325-pound left tackle, and Dan Moore, Jr. They only paved the way for 56 rushing yards against Auburn last weekend, but Auburn has got maybe the best defensive line in the country. I mean, they're extremely good. A couple of very experienced wide receivers in Davis and Osborne. Um, Arkansas will help them get Monteric Brown back, obviously. Ja'Shawn Corbin's out for the season with a hamstring injury, and they've been using uh, a couple of other backs, including Isaiah Spiller mainly. Um, so that was a big loss for them losing him. But uh, Razorback defense has got to tackle better. I mean, no question. They've got to, they've got to read the routes better. You know, Texas A&M is going to try to get to the edge, beat them with their speed, and you can't blame them for that. I mean, that's obviously the approach that you would use. Arkansas has been terrible on the edge, terrible. So – Arkansas's offensive line obviously going to struggle against these guys on the defensive line, so they've got to figure out some quick passing game stuff to get it to get it going. But you would hope Rakeem Boyd plays his best game 
ever in this one. You need the best game. If you get the best game from Rakeem Boyd that he's played and Nick Starkle, then you might have a shot in this one if the defense can kind of show up. If they can – you know, having John Chavis there – you would like to think that that's going to provide a little bit of an advantage. I mean, they schemed up against them pretty good last year, just allowed 24 points. I mean, you take that. If I told you they're going to score 24 points on Arkansas, you would take that every single day of the week. Now, the question is if Arkansas's offense can score. It could end up being a low-scoring game. Who knows? Who knows how this is going to play out? But I tell you, both coaches are absolutely expecting uh, this to be a really tight one. Basketball getting geared up just to change gears a little bit real quick before we bring Danny West in. Uh, a lot of new faces, obviously. Uh, and we actually get them today as media day, so some of you will be watching this after we've already had media day. Uh, but uh, Eric Musselman already spoke on, what was that, Tuesday, and then today is media day, so we'll get a little bit of practice. Be sure to go to hogsports.com to get some practice footage. We'll have video interviews with all the players, and uh, we'll also have some stories uh, out of media days there. So, all right, let's check in here. Um, I just saw it rolled off, of course. We do have a lot of people on here again, more than I thought. But uh, it looks like Burks and Knox will play. I, I think I saw somebody um, posting something on that. But it does look like both of those guys will play. I'd be surprised if they didn't have those for this one. Um, Brandon Burks asked Cassandra Boyce, will you marry me? Cassandra, we'll be waiting for your reply. Michael James says, best players in college can't win with a bad coach. Yeah, I mean, obviously, thing. I know people are dramatically upset over what Chad Morris has put together here in two years. And I do look at it, first of all, I've said this many a times. I know I repeat myself, but it there's no excuse to lose to San Jose State, obviously. No excuse for that. Never should, never should happen. Um, beyond that, when I look at this team, though, I see a very – light offensive line I see a you know and they'll have Colton Jackson back but in the last game you know you had a left tackle who's probably in the 280s and Myron Cunningham a center who goes about 285 a right guard who goes about 275 um, it's incredible to think about that from you know going back to like 2014-15 when you had the biggest line in all of college football and NFL football and now you're probably the smallest line in the SEC probably the smallest line of the SEC so um yeah, they've got some struggles on the offensive line. The defense obviously played very poor, poor tackling, um, you know, getting getting pushed backwards. Sometimes you'd have them at the line of scrimmage or for a loss, and they'd pick up three yards, uh, overrunning plays, not reading routes properly, not getting outside, not taking good pursuit angles. Just everything was bad with the defense on Saturday. Uh, they did bow up in the second half and played well. They still struggled getting pressure, and the quarterback's getting the ball out quick. I get that. Uh, but they, they did play well in the second half until it came down to the fourth quarter where you really find out who the better team is. A lot of times you've seen Arkansas like, man, we were right with them for three quarters, and then they just rolled over us, and that's usually because they're the better team. That's the game plan a lot of times. Um, so that's kind of what we saw Saturday, unfortunately, for Arkansas. They just – when they had to have it in the fourth quarter, they just straight marched down on Arkansas's defense. Now they will get, you know, they'll get Monteric Brown back. That'll definitely help uh, at cornerback. I think they absolutely missed him on Saturday. Um, Shaggy Rogers says Morris is so bad as a coach. SMU is winning now four and zero. Yeah, I mean you can look at it that way. Absolutely. I mean they just beat TCU. I will say if you go up and down the roster, it's the players that Morris recruited. And that's part of it. I mean, you can say that coaching is an issue, and it, it, it has been. I mean, there's no excuse for losing to San Jose State unless it's coaching, not getting whether it's not getting players motivated or not having a good game plan or not planning for the week properly. 
whatever it is, it, it definitely points back to coaching. But also a problem on this roster is personnel. It's a huge problem with this roster. I mean, they have ushered out 31 scholarship players since Morris has been here uh, just to make way for new players. And you're left with a lot of young players. you got some very talented guys. But, I mean, your best option at right end is a you know true freshman with one good hand. Um, you know, you're thin at linebacker. And I've said on defense I thought they were just going to get worse and worse as the season goes along. But I hear T.J. Hammonds is playing this week, wide receiver, running back. Any truth to that? Yeah, T.J. will factor in this week. He has been working at wide receiver in the early part of practice when they go team. We've seen him at running back, but he has been working at wide receiver also. Doug Guy says in Auburn to 20. I'm not sure what that's for. Every team Morris has coached, his part, the stats fell. Guys, if you're going to ask a question, please just ask in a complete sentence and because I, I'm, I'm reading them and I don't know where some of this is going, and especially don't ask in shorthand. Uh, SMU is doing well because of the recruiting by Morris, says Terry Trotter. Is Dalton the QB on scholarship? Dalton Hyatt, he's a wide receiver now, but he has been hurt all year. Todd Willis says, Trey, how do we keep them from throwing up half a hundred? Uh, I don't know. To be honest with you, Arkansas's defense has got to play a lot better. Last year they held them to 24, though. And Texas A&M hasn't set the world on fire necessarily. They've played some very tough teams. They played Auburn uh, and uh, and Clemson. I mean, two very good teams this year with uh, really good defenses. So you have to consider that. But they're, what, 2-2? Two and two? Uh, Maybe the only team that's lost two games in the top 25. Shaggy Rogers and Doug. Okay. Mon, well, guys, just please just ask questions here instead of responding to each other. Garrett Haley says, Mon will look like a Heisman winner, first-round draft pick against us Saturday. He didn't last year, Garrett. I mean, he may, but he didn't last year. Shaggy Rogers. Okay. Is the OL better or worse than last year? Justin Gordy says, Gordy says, right now it's worse than last year. I mean, they have every reason to be better. I mean, they returned some players from last year. Uh, I thought they needed some fresh blood in there. But at the same time, you've got, you know, where is Shane Clinton here? You know, Kirby Adcock, some of these other guys. You've, you've suddenly got at Chaboisian Wana, who you brought in from junior college. You've got Ricky Stromberg, who is going to be a very good player, but, you know, he's still a freshman. He's still a little light. Uh, he needs to add some more weight, but he's a very good potential player. But it's surprising to have him start as a true freshman. There's no question about that. You would have liked to have seen some of your guys that are redshirt. That was some of the stuff I was saying in the offseason. you got some guys that are redshirt freshmen, redshirt sophomores, should be ready to start contributing. And you're just not seeing that from guys now. And losing Noah Gatlin was a huge blow. Uh, obviously early in the season. That and losing Dorian Gerald on the other side of the ball were, were both big blows for Arkansas. I'm going to take a minute here, and we're going to go ahead and bring Danny West in. Danny's going to answer some of your questions, and we'll talk some recruiting. And, of course, we'll get his opinion on, on everything going on with the Razorbacks right now. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Got you, Danny. Yeah. So we're just answering a few questions about Arkansas and Texas A&M. I thought before we got into any recruiting questions, um, we could just kind of get your take on on this game coming up. How do you think things are going to play out? Well, I don't like it for Arkansas. You know, the, I was looking at the stats, and A&M's been really, really good on defense getting off the field. Arkansas has struggled with third down conversions against a lot worse competition than A&M has faced so far. So, yeah, that in itself – and then the uh, the struggles on the offensive line mm-hmm. against what you know is a very well-recruited defensive line down there. You know they've got talent. You know they've got those big freak defensive ends every year. They just change jersey numbers and throw them back out there. So. Did we lose Danny? Danny, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, we lost you for just a second, though. Um, so, Danny West uh, is our main recruiting guy at hogsports.com. Again, H-A-W-G sports.com. Most of his stuff is VIP. So, if you want to read what Danny has cooking, get all his stuff, not just in articles, but also on our premium forum, The Razor's Edge. Uh, he also does a VIP uh, podcast that is only available to VIP members every Friday, which goes about, what did you say, you do about 20, 30 minutes on that, Danny? And Yeah, something like that. It's, it's one of our more, more popular features. I think if you talk to our members, they'll tell you that that's worth the $9.95 a month right there. And again, just $1 for your first month if you want to come and try us out at hawgsports.com. I know football has been a little rough, but there's still a lot of chatter. Traffic has been very high, even though things have been going wrong with football and basketball just about to start up here. And of course, uh, uh, always recruiting news there with Danny. So, Danny, this game is Texas A&M, in your opinion, joining the SEC. I mean, I know the obvious answer here. Do you think that's a good thing for Arkansas? No. I mean, yeah. it hasn't been, but I think also a lot of it is. I don't know if all of it is just attributed to Texas A&M joining the SEC. Arkansas just also happened to have the worst stretch of, um, you know, ever. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's bad timing. But I remember. Uh, when, it, when they first started talking about the idea, you heard Frank Brule say, hey, this is going to be really good for the for Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, you never want to say anything negative about Coach Brule's. But I remember thinking, man, you're crazy. How in the world is that going to help Arkansas, especially in recruiting? And, you know, as somebody that tries their best to keep up with recruiting for a living, I don't think it's been beneficial to Arkansas in any any aspect mm. whatsoever. So no, yeah. <laughs> it hadn't been good. Keith Grayson is on here and says, "Are the rumors about Danny West and Pete Roulette true?" Roulette, <laughs> Roulette. You know, Pete. So Pete does the uh, SEC teleconference where you call in, and you have to give them your name and all your affiliation and all this stuff, and they have operators. And he says, like every time he 
chimes in to ask a question, they interrupt him and cut him off from the press conference to ask him how to pronounce his name. <laughs> so he just like loses, you know, like, come on. I, so, I told him, I said, yeah. just tell him you're Pete from now on. Yeah, just and if they ask Pete's you your last hard. name, just say, it's just Pete. Or just say Pete R. Or tell him you're Trey Biddy. Yeah. Or Danny West. Something, <laughs> something more, something a little bit more easily pronounceable. But yeah, Pete R. I think we can go with Pete R. from now on. Uh, so, Danny, what's happening in recruiting lately? I know uh, you've talked to a lot of the commitments, um, and uh, obviously uh, Greedy Vance is decommitted, but you've talked to a lot of these commitments to kind of gauge what they're feeling now after Arkansas's disappointing start. Mostly positive. You know, you did have uh, some tell me I want to go no comment, you mm-hmm. know, which is completely understandable after a game like that. You don't want to say something out of emotion. You don't want to too much on how you might be truly feeling at the moment and maybe in a week from now you'd feel quite a bit better so mm-hmm. i totally understand the guys that don't want to come in at the time but for the most part it's been positive surprisingly to me you know i thought maybe they might struggle to keep one or two more after a game like that but that, that tells you the type of job they've done they've recruited the right type of character guys i think and i was just texting a few of them this morning they're excited It's the home team, so that means two good things for you. Yeah. You can wear that McFadden uniform, the red uniform, and you can invite kids to the game. Now, you can't have any contact with them once they get there, which I think is so stupid. Yeah. But at least you can give them tickets, have them come and for free and uh, and have a good time and hopefully see a better showing this week. But just running through a few other names, I talked to uh, Brandon Frazier. He's going to be at the game. Kelvante Dixon is trying his best to be there. Takias Crawford will be there. Um, we'll see with Garrett Hayes. He told me it's still up in the air. Obviously, Chandler's going to be there. And uh, we just saw moments ago Isaiah Broadway, a four-star running back out of the 22 class, Hebron Carrollton High School. You remember that one, yeah. Trey? Dietrich Wise, Zach mm-hmm. Rogers. So you've had a couple of guys out of uh, Hebron. So Isaiah Broadway, look that guy up, check out his film. He's going to be a stud. So that's just a few of them. Danny West joining us from hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Danny, you over this uh, Arlington game? You ready to see it moved? Yeah, I mean, you know, if that was the only thing they had going on, I'd be fine with it. But, you know, with the Missouri game, the Little Rock stuff, obviously they're not playing there next year, which – um, I think it'd be a nice little break to see how that goes. But with the Kansas City deal next year, and uh, like I just talked about right there with recruiting, uh, you know, you're losing uh, a weekend in a year that you really don't have too many great weekends to begin with during the season. So, yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty much ready for it to end. So, yeah, I think it – I don't think the Missouri game hurts you so much because it is the Friday after Thanksgiving, you know, from a sure. recruiting standpoint. I mean, you do get some kids around there from Little Rock, I guess, to come to the game. Again, you can't really have, have much to do with them. But um, I just think this Texas A&M game in Arlington just hurts you. Just, I mean, you lose a home game right in the middle of the season, usually right in the middle of the season every year. So, um, And you, you do get some exposure to Texas players, but – I don't know. I, th- I would rather have a home-and-home home if I'm them. All right, Danny, anything else going on in recruiting aside from uh, aside from the, the stuff that you just mentioned? 
no, it's pretty pretty slow this week, just trying to make sure all these kids stay committed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know. You would hope they go out there this week and kind of get some respectability back and, and make my job a little bit easier next week. Because I'm telling you, it can be awkward, man, but you still got a job to do. You've got to contact the kids and see what they're thinking, even when it's bad, mm-hmm. even when it's down. So uh, maybe they'll go out there and put on a – a good showing like they did last year. People forget, man, they came out of three straight losses last year. North Texas, Colorado State, flip those. Colorado State was first, North mm-hmm. Texas, and then 34-3 at Auburn. And went down there and for some reason, you know, played a really good game, even though A&M jumped all over them to begin with. Wasn't it 17 nothing? They ran the opening kick all the way back. Yeah, I think it was 17-0 at one point, so... You never know. You never know. It's not over till it's over. Well, you know, Arkansas lost to the Citadel, which was probably the worst. I think that's the worst loss in school history. I think this one might have been the second, the second worst. Um, yeah. Although there are plenty of candidates now, unfortunately, over the last few years, we've added ULM, Toledo. Um, who else have we added to that? Uh, Texas, North Texas last North year. North Texas, Colorado worse. State. Yeah, there's been plenty added to the uh, to the list of worst losses, but they did lose to the Citadel and then turned around and went to Tennessee and beat number three Tennessee. So, ain't that the most bizarre thing? Looking back on it, some you know almost years college How in the world did they do that? College football is an emotional game, and you have to get up for game. These are still kids, and your only hope, I mean, is that if San Jose State can come down to Fayetteville and beat Arkansas who Arkansas is more talented, no excuse for Arkansas to lose that game, then you would hope that maybe Arkansas can somehow flip it and do that to Texas A&M. Now, nobody's going to predict Arkansas to beat Texas A&M, obviously. Is that where they're at now, Trey? Hey, if San Jose State can do it, we can do it. That, that, is, that is the line <laughs> right now. There's no question. That is Put the that line. on the locker room. Upsets happen, man. Upsets yeah, happen. And, and everybody, like, you know, like you've got your top – Five, ten teams out there. None of them have a loss, but teams are. I mean, all none of those teams are expected to lose unless they face each other, right? But eventually, thing, teams are going to start ahead. getting knocked off here and there. Yeah. You know, you're you're going to and it's and most every time it's going to be an upset. Every time one of those top ten teams lose, um, so yeah, it it's going to happen in college football. You're going to have upsets. And Arkansas just hasn't. Arkansas hasn't upset anybody in a long time, unfortunately. Tell you a thing to look for with A&M. I'm not sure how up they are right now. I mean, that, right. that's a brutal September schedule they played, granted. Mm-hmm. But, man, Auburn pretty much manhandled them right. at their own place this past week. So, maybe they come out a little bit flat. You never know. Especially with A&M. I mean, you, like your old saying there, let go of the rope. They've been known to do that mm-hmm. throughout the course of a season. So, maybe the, maybe they've already let go a little bit. Danny, you got anything else you want to chime in on? Uh, got any special picks on? this season? <laughs> no, not really. I'll tell you what, it's been a rough week for me to, to get back into football and really be excited about it. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of focused looking ahead to deer season now. It, <laughs> we always reach that point of yeah. the season here in the last seven, eight years where you're like, well, there's the football season. It's <laughs> on to deer season, like after three games. So, um Basketball, man, I, I do want to talk about that real quick. Yeah, We've got a lot of visits coming up. I mean, they already had Chris uh, Moore in here this past week. Everybody knows Chris, four-star out of West Memphis, big-time player, right? But 
he's basically just the Kickstarter for what should be a, a really exciting month for Musselman and his group. I mean, you've got Kyrie Walker. We've talked all year about this dude mm-hmm. ever since Musselman took over, and now you get a chance to finally get him here next weekend for an official visit. Uh, following that, you've got Keon Ambrose Hilton, another four-star guy coming in the following weekend. And then uh, uh, from that, the following weekend, K.K. Robinson and Moses Moody at the same time, man. It's, that's a bunch of talent coming in here. Mm-hmm. We'll see how many they come away with. But, hey, if you want to shift over and start thinking about basketball, there's, you know, there's some pos- positive stuff going on on that front. You know, Danny, some of the things that, that kind of stink about the way that Arkansas has done this, and it, it's going to take wind out of your sails losing a game like that. It's either going to take wind out of your sails or it's going to sure. incite something in you, you know. Uh, but things were kind of shaping up okay for them, you know. With with if you if you win that San Jose State game, you take care of business. I think the mojo feels a little di- bit different around this state, and yeah. you know, with Texas A and M having played such a tough early schedule, maybe overlooking Arkansas, you know, your your thoughts about this game are probably a little different, you know. Um, and then you got Kentucky losing their quarterback. Kentucky doesn't look that good. By the way, you can watch the Kentucky game at six thirty. Kentucky at South Carolina on SEC Network. So that's Arkansas's next opponent after Texas A&M. Is that tonight? No, no, no. Sorry, that's that's Saturday. Oh, okay. That's Saturday. I got you. Uh, it's not a great slate of games. You got you know the Texas A&M Arkansas one. Obviously, a lot of interest at eleven. Uh, also at eleven, Northern Illinois at Vanderbilt. That could be a good one. Northern Illinois is ranked. Um, and heading yep. to Vanderbilt, you got Ole Miss at Alabama at two thirty on CBS, and then you got Towson, Towson at Florida on SEC Network at three, and then six. You got Mississippi State at Auburn, so you got Mississippi State at Auburn at six. So you get to watch a couple of Arkansas future opponents there, and then at six thirty, you got Kentucky, South Carolina. So a couple of interesting games to watch, but no, just not a great slate of SEC games, I guess, this weekend. Back to your point, Trey. I'm with you, man. All they had to do was go out there and beat San Jose State. You get to three and one for the first time in three years. Mm-hmm. And I, I think about it from an, uh, an attendance standpoint. I think Arkansas would have traveled pretty well this weekend. Yeah. I mean, you think about last year's, it was the all time low in this series uh, being played in Arlington. They had 55,000 total, a little mm-hmm. bit more than that. But uh, I'm expecting possibly another dip again this year plus an 11 o'clock game yeah yeah that's going to be tough too but uh yeah if they'd have been three and one going into that i I do think arkansas fans would have showed up and and now that's funny how quickly it can change right i mean i'm not expecting a good turnout for arkansas at all yeah i hear you all right danny anything else before we let you go no man all right appreciate you all right that's danny west Danny West does a great job at hogsports.com. Again, you can read all of his stuff for just $1 for your first month right now, hawgsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. All right, let's get into some questions here. We've got about about 10 more minutes here. We'll get into your questions. Michael James says, do you think Morris has adapted his style of play to match the talent he has? You know, the play calling and, and questions like that and style of play, it always looks better when you have better talent in there. I mean, at quarterback, as bad as Nick Starkle was Saturday, I still feel like he's easily the best option for they have at quarterback. And, you know, I, I think that K.J. Jefferson could be the future. It'll be an interesting battle down the road, K.J. Jefferson, Chandler Morris. But right now, I definitely think it is uh, – I think it's um, Nick Starkle is your best option. And the play calls look a lot better when he was in there versus Ben Hicks because you got – I think you just got a more talented quarterback.
Mario Alvarez says, Trey Biddy, Game said in a segment that he played, that played on the coach's show, that something different that Chavis does is allowing the players to pick the gaps they want to plug. This is clearly a major issue that sadly no one is addressing. I'm not sure what all you mean, Mario. They're just picking gaps just like that. There's no rhyme or reason to it. I don't know about that. I, I mean, I've, I was – I've heard everything that McTelvin Aguim has said. I go to all the press conferences. I don't. I don't know if that's. I don't know exactly what that is. I think that that losing Dorian Gerald was the biggest loss this team has had this year. It was huge. Absolutely, it was a huge loss. Not only because you lose an end, but you also lose a guy that can take the pressure off McTelvin Aguim. And now you see McTelvin getting doubled a lot. Austin Malaysa uh, Nichols says, "Looking forward to baseball season. Basketball season is going to be intriguing. I mean, they're not going to be a very big team, but I mean." I just like the new blood in there with Musselman. Musselman said prior to the season starting that the play – now they've lost a lot of the players and they've added a lot, but prior to that all starting that they had enough talent in that room to make it to the NCAA tournament. You've added Jean Talsilla. You've added um, – let's see who else they got coming in here. J.D. Note sitting out. Uh, Bebe sitting out. Probably Connor Vanover sitting out. Jimmy Witt is another nice uh, new addition. Um, but I mean, they've got some pieces. They're just they're just going to be smaller. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have Ethan Henderson down low, um, Adrio Bailey probably going to have to play some some uh, at the five. Jean-Tal Silla probably going to have to do that too. Reggie Chaney. So you know, if Jalen Harris can can fix his shot, can become a better shooter, then he could be a real dangerous point guard. He's a really good passer. Good ball handler. It's just his shot has been really bad. That's something I talked to um, Eric Musselman about in the offseason, just about re- reworking some player shooting mechanics. Is, uh, Harris is – he doesn't have pure mechanics, you know. That's something that they can improve. But he's been shooting a lot. All those guys have been. We'll talk to a lot of those players and have a lot more on hogsports.com later. But um, let's move – I, I want to stick with the questions here because we're almost running out of time. Trey, can the SEC ask us to move conferences? That would be the most cowardly thing that ever happened But uh, if Arkansas did that on their own. But, no, the SEC is not going to do that. If they haven't asked Vanderbilt to do it, they're not going to ask Arkansas to do it. Arkansas brings a lot uh, in terms of being the only school in the state of Arkansas, and they are competitive in other sports, not just football. But they got to get football straightened out. The worst, most cowardly look, I hear people say Arkansas ought to move conferences. Man, that would be – that's just a bad look. Well, we can't compete in the SEC. We're going to go somewhere we can compete because we just can't do it. Boo-hoo. Buck up and get it done. Invest. I mean, the crazy thing about this last seven years, too, if you think about all the money that's gone into Arkansas football, you've had uh, the $160 million expansion to the north end zone. I can't even remember how many million dollars they spent seven years ago on the football operations facility. Um, the Gene, uh, Jerry and Gene Jones um, Student Athlete Success Center, another millions of dollars project. They spent so much money on football alone, and it has just kind of sucked. It's amazing how much money they've poured into football just to suck. <laughs> I mean, crazy. I mean, you go back to like the 98. The 98 team would have been a lot more competitive and they just had two grandstands and one upper deck. James Candlebinder, Candlebinder, it's an interesting name. Do you agree with my assessment the Hogs will not recruit out of this hole until a trio like Mac Jones, D-Mac, and Hillis come out of Arkansas again? Well, they just signed a really strong class out of the state. I mean, 
you've got a guy, I think, in Traylon Burks who, you know, maybe not – I don't know if you'd say right yet that he's the equivalent of D-Mac uh, as a wide receiver, but he's an excellent player. And you got Hudson Henry who is an excellent player. So you, you brought in some really good young players. This last recruiting class is strong. It is strong. It's just young. Um, one day I think that they're going to end up, you know, helping lead Arkansas back to a resurgence. They, they need to add more. They can't just have the one recruiting class because everybody else is continuing to recruit solid recruiting classes. But Arkansas needs to bring in another one. That's one reason I say, you know, there are people like Morris needs to go. you got to fire him. This is the bed you made. This is the bed you made, and you got to stick with it, and you stick with him. You don't fire any coach after two years. You know, I know there's a lot of emotional feeling like, get rid of him, and I totally get that, but um, it would be a mistake. You just dig another hole, we'd be right back here in 2021 talking about the next coach has got to go. And when the truth is he doesn't have any talent, again, you know, San Jose State law uh, loss is, uh, is a little bit different. You never should lose that one. Shaggy Rogers says he's done. Until now, coaches are first game next year. I'm not spending another penny on Razorback football. When does baseball start? We're looking over basketball. Basketball could be fun this year. Matt A. Worley says, I think the downfall started in 2007 when the state was divided. You can definitely point to that. I mean, there's no question, um, and there's probably some people on here listening that were part of that you know, get rid of Houston nut thing. And, you know, things weren't working out very well. Um, you know, you can go back to the Springdale five, you know, Gus Malzahn being forced on Houston nut. That wasn't a good marriage. He didn't get along with coaches. Definitely Reggie Chaney didn't get along with him. Um, that was that, that whole thing caused a huge split in the state. And you almost wonder what would have happened if that was never forced on him. He probably still would have won 10 games. You know, if Casey Dick hadn't injured his shoulder the spring before, you know, and maybe muscle, uh, uh, Mustang came in and was allowed to, you know, develop for a couple of years under, uh, you know, while Casey Dick started. Um, you know, you still had McFadden, Hillis, Jones, Monk. You know, you, you still would have been a really good team. And so maybe it wouldn't have split the way it did. But um, that was the start of things. And, I really think that it was just a bad look for the state of Arkansas. Flying planes over overhead, all of that stuff was just a bad look. And then you had Bobby Petrino come in who, you know, set the world on fire. And then everybody, you know, that forced nut out was telling, you know, Razorback fans that, you know, you lost and you were wrong. And I don't know, really looking back at history of things, and Houston Nut wasn't perfect, obviously. There were plenty of things that were a problem, you know, inability to develop a quarterback or recruit that big-time quarterback. Um, you know, aside from Matt Jones, who was primarily a runner, there was – you know, there was a lot of things that Houston did wrong, and but a lot of things he did right. You know, you could definitely, you definitely weren't getting scrounged by uh, some of the uh, sisters of the poor out there. And um, you know, a lot of times he gave you the best chance to knock off a big time team because you know he would put that emotion into it, and uh, the players played for him and they fought for him. But that's really where things started going downhill. The state split. You know, you had the Little Rock versus NWA, all that talk, Dark Sider versus Sunshine Pumper. Then you brought Bobby Petrino in, who really did a lot of good things with that 2008 class and bringing Ryan Mallett in from Michigan. All of that stuff, you know, contributed. And uh, But really, if you look at the long-term recruiting, you know, starting with like that 2010 recruiting class, recruiting was starting to get in uh, kind of a bad, bad way. Players didn't necessarily want to come and play for Petrino, okay? And that's, that's just the fact of it. Players, they, you know, they may have respected him. They didn't like him, and as a recruit – you know, there were a lot of players that didn't like, you know, for example, Hunter Henry was not coming to Arkansas if Bobby Petrino was the coach. Um, and there was a lot of sentiment out there like that. So as good as he was as an on-field coach, 
you know, I think we saw that at Louisville eventually play out, you know, just not getting the recruits there. And, you know, they, they ended up sinking because of that. So, uh, so that was obviously part of it. And then Brett Bielema comes in and Brett uh, has a crazy idea about recruiting. He recruits a big 10 team to the sec, doesn't recruit enough speed, abandons Texas, uh, make some really poor assistant coaching hires. I mean, his staff when he came in was really, really solid. I mean, that was a really good assistant coaching staff. I mean, you had um, running back coach who went on to the NFL. So did the second one. You know, Chris Ash, who's not doing great things at Rutgers, obviously, but went on to be a head coach as your defensive coordinator. Um, Charlie Partridge, who went on to be a head coach. Um, so you had you had a really good staff. You had Randy Shannon, uh, and then it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, you know, some of the guys that they brought in. And just abandoned recruiting Texas, did not recruit enough players, so they always ended up scrambling. You know, you'd have like five empty spots on signing day, and they'd be in on eight players. Well, I, you don't have to do the math to tell you that things aren't going to work out. You're not going to end up filling up the class. Um, you know, you're going to go after some reaches and stuff, and that's what happened. I mean, and it eventually led to his demise. There are several reasons uh, that led to Brett Bielema not being the coach here at Arkansas anymore. But um, there was a lot of things that dealt with recruiting. And I get that he wanted to, you know, make it special, make it, um, you know, if you have an offer from us, it's committable. You can commit on it right now. We want to offer kids in person. But at the same time, kids will cut you in this day and age before you've even had a chance to properly evaluate them. So you have to offer them before you evaluate them. That's just the way things work now. David Shaw says, how tall is Chandler Morris? Is he a dual-threat quarterback? Chandler is an official barefoot 5'10", which most players would probably call 6'. But that is a camp barefoot measurement. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people say he's the same height as John Stephen Jones. I would say John Stephen Jones, who's listed at 5'11", is no better than 5'9", probably 5'8". Um, but Chandler is definitely a dual-threat. He can, I mean, he ran for like 184 yards the other day in a game and threw for like 400 and something. But, yeah, Chandler can run and throw. It'll be an interesting battle in a couple of years between him and K.J. Jefferson, who K.J.'s looking really good. I watched him, just sat there and watched him throw yesterday in practice. He looks like he's really cleaned up the hitch in his throwing motion. He used to just kind of – he would just bring it straight up, you know, and throw it. And you lose a lot of velocity, throw a lot of wobblers, and now you can see that, you know, he's getting more of that whipping motion and uh, and putting a lot better spin on the ball, I think. So I think that's probably something they've worked with. And I want to ask uh, Coach Craddock about that on Monday because um, – that has been something that um, that I've noticed with with KJ. Seems like I have a lot more velocity on his balls. Bobby Dale says it's over, guys. It's just over. Brandon Burke says Cassandra said yes. Trey, will you officiate the ceremony? Was this real, Brandon? Did you really uh, propose on my podcast? <laughs> if so, we've got to have you on and, and her on. Uh, James Candlebiner says, uh, Trey, do you agree with my assessment that until a group um, – I think we answered that one. But, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of commented on that. Uh, Mario Alvarez says, Notre Dame will destroy Arkansas next season. It will be Arkansas's me too. <laughs> Shaggy Rogers says, is the new baseball recruit a five-star? I don't know. I don't cover baseball recruiting, Shaggy. That might be a question for Pete Rulier when we have him on. Pete will be on with us uh, Saturday after the game. Scott Lennon says, I'd hang the SJS score all over the locker room. Absolutely. I'd carry around blue, gold, and gray in my pocket, tied on my shoelaces. Remember it. Remember San Jose State. Remember what happens when you don't prepare properly, when you don't lead properly. All of those things, when you take somebody lightly. Mario Alvarez says, even our class last season was second to last in our division. 
this season. We're last in our division. You know, you can recruiting, and especially for football, is a little – there's a little more air room, you know. I mean, like, for example, until recently, for years, Arkansas and Auburn were split, you know. But Auburn out-recruited Arkansas every year. And so at Arkansas, you have to be a great evaluator and you have to be a great recruiter, obviously. You know, you have to get some of those four or five-star types. You have to get, you know, mostly you're going to get four stars. Um, but you also have to be a great evaluator, and that is something I think that, you know, hurt Bielema also. There are several kids that have slipped through the cracks that they didn't offer that went on to other places to have a lot of success. And Arkansas didn't offer for some reason. Josh Jacobs comes to mind. They could have had him, you know, and then he ends up blowing up and going to Alabama. So there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of uh, things like that that, that happen. So – there's still a top 25. If you can keep putting together top 25 recruiting classes, you can be competitive in this conference, especially if you get the right quarterback. And that's what it all comes down to, having good players, having good depth, and having a quarterback. Every team across this country has that is a good team has a good quarterback. There's not a single program that has a bad quarterback that is out there competing. And if you know the team, then I would love to know it because I haven't found them. Isaac Rowley says Arkansas hasn't upset anyone except their fans. That's, that's true. When's the last time they upset anybody? Did they upset anybody in 2016? Was Texas was Texas was TCU a a favorite in that game? It's a good question. Maybe maybe Ole Miss that year. Uh, Arkansas was 22. Ole Miss was 12. So that's probably the last time. Danny's had a rough week because of Kansas. Yeah, well, his wife. His wife's a big Kansas fan. Daniel Richmond says it doesn't matter if Texas A&M is down. Their cheerleaders could beat us. Mario Alvarez says Notre Dame in 2020 will look like the Arky USC game of 2005. <laughs> that was a bad one. That was rough. Mario Alvarez says I'm reminded they have no female cheerleaders. Hashtag how nerdy. Bobby Dale says what is Western Kentucky's record? I haven't looked at Western Kentucky yet, to be honest with you, but – that's obviously one that um, you can't lose that one at home after the after the San Jose State one. I mean, it would you talk about being bad. It would get disgusting around here if they lost to Western Kentucky. There there'd probably be no recovering from that one. You know, they still have a chance to to pull this thing together. But if they lost that one, man. Gary Childers says with Chavin moving upstairs, do you think this will help the D? I think anything any kind of mix up will help. It would be nice if he could just go down on the sideline and have a, you know, they had, you know, the technology advancement that they talked about, and he could just go down on the sideline and watch from overhead via a camera. Wouldn't that be nice? And then you had the best of both worlds. Okay, let's see if what else we got. We're running out of time here. We've gone 50 minutes. Of course, we've gone long. Has TJ been practicing with the team while he's been suspended? Think they will he will have significant playing time? Asked Nick Rodriguez. Yes. Now, he, a lot of that has been with the scout team, but he has been practicing with the team. I thought he looked pretty good, looks fast. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him return kickoffs or something like that, especially with Chase Hayden out. And, you know, I think that um, he's been working at wide receiver this week also. So you could see him maybe do some stuff at wide receiver, maybe end rounds with Devion worn out. Maybe that's a role that they see. That's kind of always what I saw as a role for T.J. Hammonds, a guy that motions in and out of the backfield, um, you know, takes the end of rounds or the uh, jet sweeps and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll see him Saturday. Uh, with Debbie on worn out, I think maybe you, you kind of put him in that role. 
Mario Alvarez says it's lipstick on a pig. He's had enough experience doing on-field defensive coordinator that is nothing but a slight of hand trick. You're talking about moving him to uh, to the booth. I mean, they've got to tackle better, bottom line. Uh, let's see. Did I watch Houston out on the hog pot? I did. I thought that was great. I was always a fan of Houston. I mean, I know thing, how things came down at the end, but I still hated to see him go when it all happened, and I know he wasn't perfect. You know, there were definitely things, you know, he got definitely over-conservative at times. Or there are definitely things that you get frustrated with, but I just I look at him and I see Arkansas still. Some people may disagree with me. All right, everybody. I think we pretty much wrapped it up. David Shaw says any chance Spivey starts getting reps in the game. And he was, he's been working as the third running back, so I think there's definitely a chance we see him Saturday unless we see T.J. Hammonds there. But I want to thank everybody for joining me. Um, again, we'll be back with you guys on Saturday after the game, not directly after the game, but pretty soon after the game, after I've had a chance to gather my thoughts and, and put everything together. But uh, definitely not an exciting time to be a Razorback fan right now. I, I understand that. So I think it speaks a, a lot to you guys that are definitely concerned about the program and, um, and have definitely been outspoken about your opinions on it. So for Danny West, for all of you, your questions, this has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. And we'll catch you on Saturday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.